Ooh, end of this year, it'll be five years of, of following the game and its development and progression. And in even recognizing that MMORPG is a massive undertaking, and I've got plenty to keep me busy and to have fun with. I mean, I'm still enjoying... I mean, I play a lot of the Elder Scrolls online. I mean, it drives me nuts sometimes, but it's it's the best cutout for me, man. I mean, I could jump in, I could do the stuff I want to do and the amount of time I want to do it, right? I've been doing theory crafting and I've got my editor working his ass off because that'll be great for him later when Ashes launches. It's all good preparation for Ashes, right? And I got plenty to keep me busy. I do podcasting and all this other stuff, but yeah, I'm waiting on Ashes. I really want to be playing Ashes of Creation. I want to just dedicate a lot of time to it. And I, like many other people, content creator or not, my editor in chat, he says, the pain keeps me going. <laughs> the Pathfinder searched the environment to seek out the assassin who fired the arrow. As he scanned the environment, he saw his companions charging up a hill to intercept the assassin who was trying to escape. In an attempt to catch the assassin, the creature had been wounded and would later die from its wounds before it could be interrogated. As the Pathfinder stood over the ash of a fellow traveler, he thought, from ashes to empires, how much ash would fall from the Cinderborn who traveled with him through the gate? How many would fall in order to rebuild civilization on Vera? Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Simorg, and I'm joined today by my returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome again, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. And welcome back, Half Tilt. Hey, how's it going, everyone? So, friends, we've got some stuff and things today. Uh, I like to consider shows like this a little bit more flexible in terms of what we talk about, but the overarching theme being Ashes to Empires. Uh, before we get dug in today, though, we've got to, of course, give a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the uh, supporters both here on Twitch, uh, YouTube, uh, Patreon, all the places that are supportive of the show, all of the Pathfinders also that check this podcast out on all the podcast places, the YouTube, all those, all those places where you guys give it some love. Um, thanks so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering brighter week after week, friends. We do appreciate it very much. And also a shout out to asheshq.com, the home of this podcast and the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation, place you're going to see booming in the near future once we hit that alpha marker, friends. Um, with that being said, y'all, here we are, episode 120, man. This is a, it's another big day. At least it feels like a big day. I don't know why 120 episodes seems like such a big milestone for me but you know we're coming up on three straight years of this podcast being consistently going not including the little things before that i don't count those things i count day one episode one moving forward and uh yeah still no word on getting steven on um i think they've been pretty busy here lately you know but um margaret is working on trying to get him on i did i did as last time uh, send it up the chain. So as last time, you know, I kind of expect that it'll probably be a little delayed because they're crazy busy. They got a lot of stuff going on, right? So look, man, 
We don't have any iTunes reviews, but if you'd like to give us an iTunes review, it'd be greatly appreciated. Five stars is always appreciated, and a comment is even more appreciated, especially since I get to read those here on the show. You can go over to the pinned tweet on the Ashes Pathfinders uh, Twitter, which is at Ashes Pathfinder. You can just click on the iTunes link right there, and it'll take you there, and you can do your thing. I think you have to use the actual app on your desktop, though, to do it, because doing it through the site's not exactly user-friendly. Um, also, if you want to call in, uh, our last caller was Magisto AOC, who's here in chat today. Much love for the last call. And you can call in at 1539-664-6801. We don't have any new ones, but that's where you can call in. And also you can send some mail to our Pathfinder Grunt, who will get it to us at some point in time over at ashespathfinders at gmail.com, friends. And with that being said, the uh, I'm going to do a little quick shout out to some of my own content. And that's the uh, APOC log or Apocalypse log. We got the second one up over on the YouTube channel, so definitely check it out. We got a couple additional people that helped with voice acting, East Groove, myself, and Katie, a community member, um, all contributed on this one. Uh, I know some people have actually been like, hey, Sim, um, if you need more voices or where can I hit you up for more voices if you wanna do that? Look, with more people, it takes more coordination, it takes a little bit more work to get things done. Totally down with it, but, but if you'd like to, you can hit me up, just DM me on Discord. Um, jump if you're not in our Discord, you can go to discord.gg forward slash simorg s i m u r g h, um, and just shoot me a message there or drop it in the Ashes Pathfinders channel, and I'll get back to you. Um, friends, we got a couple of things I want to read that are community related, and then we'll kind of dig into some of the things which I want to call the do's and don'ts, um, the yay or nays, the things that will keep a game thriving. You want to talk about building an empire from ash? How do you sustain the empire? Well. Yeah, the Empire could be what? Well, the place on Vera, the Empire on Vera, but also Ashes of Creation, the game, right? Keeping it thriving, keeping it rolling, keeping it consistently uh, going with a healthy momentum that will keep the game thriving, keep the community bolstering around it uh, week after week. So we had a comment from somebody. This is kind of more of the negative area, um, but I'm going to read it out just because I think it's important for us to, like, acknowledge and to address this someone vermilion left a comment on youtube said and this is over you know staying true to the vision did an ashes talk a couple weeks back true to the vision left the comment on it and the comment was will not have pay to win quote unquote they literally have monster coins available for sale in their shop but okay well the actually the monster coins aren't available for purchase on their shop they're included in pre-order packages and actually if you go do the research having a monster coin doesn't it doesn't work as pay to win. If you understand how the actual monster coins work, right? It, it doesn't work that way. So I'm just going to put that out there. Go to the wiki. I'm not going to do a whole rundown of why it's not pay to win. There's videos on that. I've covered it on that. I don't like repeating myself too many times because I've kind of been over it too many times, but it's not pay to win. And just to clarify, you cannot purchase a monster coin on their shop. Like, let me go to the ashes store. Hmm, what pay to win items do I want today? I'm going to buy a bunch of monster coins. That's not the way that it's part of a package. Um, and it's, it's not, a, it's not like you're purchasing it straight up. It's, it's something that's actually included in a backer reward for helping to fund the game's development. And, um, yeah, if you go look at monster coins, man, it, they're just not pay to win the way they work. They just aren't. So that's all there is to it. So I want to go ahead and make sure I like snuff that one out and just make sure that people know that's not not the case it isn't if you do research you can check it out okay other community feedback was uh from mick mac muck who 
commented on Twitter or not Twitter, sorry, on YouTube with a comment talking about last week's show. And we'll kind of break this one down and look at one. So one was, I was really happy that Steven made it perfectly clear that play testing is testing, not playing. That shut down any potential complaints that Alpha 1, Alpha 2 is being missold. What do you guys think on that? Um, I agree. I mean, I think people are still going to go in there just, again, knowing like what has been considered an Alpha 1, Alpha testing in general, like when MMOs started coming into being versus what they are for most developers now. Um, but I definitely think it's good that they continue to reiterate that point. Um, and uh, and I, I totally agree. I mean, it, it just helps clarify this is this is not a play activity. This is a test activity. Yeah. Very true. Now, I think most of the people that have Alpha 1 packages up to this point are, have probably heard this by now. So I'm hoping it'll have sunk in. A little bit, but you all you know there's always going to be a few extras. I think the bigger concern is they are going to need to be very clear about that if they do reopen the Alpha 1 pre-sales. Um, that, then that needs to be something that's stated in that sale package before anyone makes a purchase mm-hmm. in bold, like right at the top. Just to, just to CYA, right? Cover your ass. And then if people complain after, it'd be like, well... Mm-hmm. It's been put out there a million times. Like, sorry if you didn't get it, but not really sorry because it's on you. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I think one of the best ways to test it is to just get in there and play. Let people just go in there and do what they're going to do because you can't simulate that. You can't do that in closed group testing. When you mm-hmm. open it up to the general public and just let them have free reign at things, that's when people are going to find those yep. obscure bugs and whatnot. That's how they're going to be like, hey, I just jumped through like 4 million different background scenes that you we shouldn't have access to. And now I can go loot the chest from uh, King Atrax. That's not even in the game yet. <laughs> Go crawl underneath old, uh, what was that? What is that damn zone called in World of Warcraft? Uh, Nax, Naxramus or whatever. Remember yeah. back in the day, you could go and do like, you know, some, some weird shit. Look, man, that is the only way. And the thing is too, is even if you go back to the point of let's, let's go to the point of pay to win real quick. Okay. Let's say there's something that anyone can actually frame with, with a little bit of logic and go. So this is something you all kind of have going on here. That kind of feels pay to win. There is no reality where I don't see Steven and the team going, oh, we need to fix this and make this not a not a thing. We don't even want it looking like this because this isn't something we are okay with. And if people can even frame it that way with with any info that's credible, then it's it doesn't bode well, right? And so same thing for, for testing. You're not going to know any of these things like when it comes to rewards, when it comes to you know player community interaction until you get you really get all the people in there, you know, outside of a test. Like I would say probably betas is when you're really going to see something more realistic of a snapshot of what the dynamics going to really be like between players and yeah. the communities and all that. This um, other comment from McMacMuck here, the corrupt area was awesome. I would like to know if there's a link between red player corruption and the ancients corruption, or if, it's just unfortunate that the world has two separate applications within the game. 
Uh, said, looking up at the animation of falling to ashes upon death, it got me wondering if the funky animation will be used when you respawn. The animation would be called Ashes of Creation. (laughs) (laughs) Bingo. Nice. That was fun. (laughs) I like it. I did too. I do like it. I would like to see, like, maybe some sort of, like, um, honestly, like, some sort of fire animation where you, like, you're birthed again from the ashes. Like, you see a pile of ash and almost, like, swoop up and, like, you know, be born from the flames. That would be cool. I don't know. I was just thinking about that when I read that comment. So, it'd be really nice to be formed once again anew from the flames. It would be very fitting and appropriate for everything that's tying in together right now. Yeah, I mean, so much ties around the the phoenix is such a big element of this game, isn't it? Yeah, that tie it's kind element. of the namesake. It is, yeah. It is. You know what Micmac was talking about with the um, the corruption? That's something that I even I've we've talked about that more than one time on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea. I'm very of, curious. Yeah, like I think it would be cool if you didn't just have like a different colored nameplate, but like you actually had like a, you know, you remember in Star Wars The Old Republic when if you played it back in the day, anybody, when you would go dark side, like you would get more and more like, you know, you looked a little bit more icky, man. Like you're like, oh, that 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 guy's dipping into the dark side every Tuesday, huh? Yeah. You know, or like vampirism in games, like the more your stages are like progressed, like the more vampire you look, the more like just like grody. And I think it would be really cool. Like I always thought it would be really, really sick if when you gain corruption as a player, that the more corruption you gained, like the more corrupt you would look. I would just be sick, man. That would be so sick. I don't know if it'll Didn't ever they happen. have something like that. Oh, what was that game? It was an Xbox game way back in the day. I don't know. Fable. Oh, where, shit. where you could kind of go yes. good or evil, and depending on how you went, it yes. would totally like change your yes. character. Yeah. Something like that. But yep. yeah, maybe you start to transform into something that resembles an ancient in a way. Oh, Even right. if it's just an aura aspect about you, mm. that would be really cool. Like, Steven seems very calculated yeah. in his approach to everything. I can't see it being any coincidence that these are two separate meanings behind corruption for, for these two applications. There is a link there. And it's something like when you start taking life, when you start stealing the essence of life from people that you start the the essence starts to take over you like it's feeding on your anger and rage it's like like the the, the evil wizard uh bibbity bobbity in, in in um dragon ball z when he casts it turns people into majin boo or majin Vegeta or something right he's preying on that inner evil and the, now the ancients are starting to do that i think yeah i unfortunately can't really respond to that reference because i don't know it too well I, I know a lot of people like have talked about dragon ball z for a long time like my youngest brother likes it more people make the references i'm just like a nod and i'm like no idea no effing idea what that means but i'm gonna go with you must know your shit <laughs> fable was a great reference dude that is a good yeah. reference because that game fable 2 i think was the one i played the most um that one man yeah. oh it was so good and yeah you would just look ooh, like you're like something's wrong with that guy man something didn't quite hey, he doesn't look like he's making good choices. You'd actually like gain weight and stuff if you ate the wrong way too. Remember you? 
Yeah, I was thinking that like you do that, or if you like were more of like a like a warrior or melee class mm-hmm. or something, you would you would get all muscular. But if you did magic, you weren't as. Um, so yeah, I, I think that would be a really cool system. And honestly, I like one of the big draws for me in uh, you know Star Wars: The Old Republic was kind of that physical appearance change. So that was one of the few games that I like. I went, you know, I tried both, but yeah. I ended up remaining like um you know uh, an empire class really uh, not very yeah. paladin of you dude no i what i wasn't i mean though i didn't sustain wow. it for a long time but i did i did like to be able to see the different choices and at some point i like i started going well maybe i should make some light side choices because now i'm getting a little you know uh, i need to be a little more pretty in this game so maybe you know the dark circles under my eyes aren't working for me <laughs> yeah, man, this is like one of those moments where I'm gonna reference a, a buddy of mine here in the community. I'm gonna be like, "Yo, you've changed, bro." You've <laughs> so changed, true, so man. True. Damn, yo. Okay, all right. I see you, Daedalus. I see you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but talking about building a thriving empire that is ashes of creation, man. Um, you know, I, I kind of had this this thought in my mind because I know some some friends in the community both here and like i think other people i've seen resonating like they're like feel like the game's a lot further out than we think it is um that's been something that's been coming up a lot in in more than one circle uh around me and so i've kind of i've talked to different people about it some people in my own community my guild um you know people that aren't even really big in the ashes of creation guild uh, community that are kind of like you know they're on the sidelines kind of paying attention to it um and, you know, they're, they're kind of like, man, I kind of feel like it's further out than we think it is. And then people have been referencing like what Bacon had said on one of the previous like live streams about the world, maybe not being as far along as it is that people might think it is. And so there's I think different people are going, you know, I uh, I don't know, man. They're like, I don't know if it's it's good. You know, I don't know if it's going to be out as as soon as we think it is, you know, and then that got me thinking how many people maybe are questioning if it'll actually hit alpha when they think it will. I know we've revisited this a bunch and I don't want to make the whole show about it. Um, but I definitely want to get more people's feedback. I know we've talked about it on the show, but if you, you know, watch the podcast, listen to it. Um, you can comment on some of the podcast places. You can drop into the ashes, um, our, our discord here and go down to the ashes pathfinders channel and just at me or, or just drop a comment there and be like, what's your feedback? Where are you thinking it is? You know, when do you think the game's launching? You know, do you think that we'll hit that, that date? Why or why not? You know, what makes you think that? Is it out of like fear and concern? Is it because of things that have been said? Is it because of delays? Um, I think, you know, it's not really to like cast shadow on the game or anything, but I think, you know, one of the best things that we can do here. Uh, as as a, a show that you know as a podcast that covers the game for as 120 episodes now you know is is to go, is to be a voice for the greater community and like when we get steven on you know kind of share some of those maybe he hears it maybe he doesn't maybe they watch or listen maybe they don't but they end up catching it at some point and it's just being able to be a voice for the greater community the ashes fam and being able to kind of share like hey these are some of the concerns that community members have had like you know what are your what's your feedback for them um, and just being able to kind of get that, that feedback from, from them directly sometimes. Um, but let's get into some fun, man. Mm-hmm. Some things that you guys have had brewing in your mind lately around AOC. What's been on your mind? What's been standing out? Whether it's a concern, a thought, like something fun. 
Okay. I've been thinking a lot about the future, honestly, and like, and how, um, in particular, well, there's a couple of things, um, you know, in reading through some of the community feedback, mm. I was really thinking a lot about the crafting system and how intricate that will be and how relevant that will be. And also just thinking through, I've been honestly, you know, in my off times, I've been playing some games and mostly I've been just looking to see what's out there. And it made me think of some games that I like to play that were MMOs that had more like controller type of classes. And I've been thinking about, um, you know, how, how Ashes is going to really pull that together. I mean, we've seen the basic classes, right? At least for the most part. I mean, there's still a few more um, DPS classes where we've yet to see, but I would really like to see where their head is at on crowd control capability and making that play style really relevant in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's something that I don't, think has been really nailed down well in recent history um in games that i've played i mean you know feel free to correct me if there's games out there that do that but i feel like that's kind of a lost art in terms of class design so those are the kind of things that i've been i would say not concerned about but curious about um no real concerns um from my perspective i mean you know obviously the delay is on a lot of people's minds but it was a delay, in my opinion, for the right reasons. I'm just more looking to the future and looking on what's to come versus maybe, you know, dwelling on disappointment with any delays. Because mm. I know the game is going to come out eventually. So I'm, I'm not concerned about that being an issue. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, it's been kind of, I think, the timeline. It's been mostly around the timeline. I'm, I'm I'm wondering what the real roadmap's actually going to be. I think as a content creator, that's something that's probably more upfront for for some of us than maybe others. N- not all. There's certainly people who are really eager to get in and play the game. But I think for me, that's one of the things I'm looking at is like you know we've been about ooh into this year. It'll be five years of of following the game and its development and progression and and even recognizing that MMORPG is a massive undertaking and I've got plenty to keep me busy and to have fun with. I mean, I'm still enjoying, I mean, I play a lot of the elder scrolls online. I mean, it drives me nuts sometimes, but it's, it's the best cutout for me, man. I mean, I could jump in, I could do the stuff I want to do and the amount of time I want to do it. Right. I've been doing theory crafting and I've got my editor working his ass off because that'll be great for him later when ashes launches. It's all good preparation for ashes. Right. And I got plenty to keep me busy. I do podcasting and, all this other stuff, but yeah, I'm waiting on Ashes. I really want to be playing Ashes of Creation. I want to just dedicate a lot of time to it. And I, like many other people, content creator or not, my editor in chat, he says, the pain keeps me going. <laughs> He's been, dude, that, that recent APOC log, all I got to say is I hope you all enjoy that recent one because we put a lot of work into that one, man. And I mean, we were tired by the time that one got done, for real. Um, but I think like a lot of people, we, we've got plenty of like lore stuff to, I'm going to, I know we're going to have fun with here around, uh, you know, the ashes of creation, the apocalypse, like the lore, the bits have been getting put together the way we're delivering it. It's just a lot of fun to do it, to like see people enjoy it, to, you know, 
to just have that creative process about it all. So it's, it, we've got plenty to do in that regard for like, I don't know, man, I've got plenty to do for the next year. Easy. If we, even if we just went off of what we already have as info. So I got plenty to do. Right. But yeah, man, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm eager for ashes to be here and I'm, I think really, and it's a question I know I'm not going to have an answer to, but I'm really wondering when I'm going to be able to just spend a lot more time in Vera and to share it with people and to show it and to, to run around with my friends in there on a regular basis and to start creating those memories of exploring and defeating bosses and the fun, you know, shenanigans that happen, all the laughs, the good times. Like those are the things I'm, I'm eager for. And I'm, I'm really wondering when I'm going to actually be at the point where that's going to be here for, for me personally uh, and for, for the people in my community too. But that's, that's just my thing, you know, and I know it's not something I'm going to get an answer on, but it's something I wonder, I've been wondering about a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm with you guys on that one. It's I'll, I'll, I'm curious on a timeline. I don't expect to hear it. Yeah. I, I would be happy to hear anything about an alpha two timeline by the end of the year. Uh, I, I think is reasonable at this point from an expectation, but it, it, it who knows? Right. Who knows what, where we're looking at with that. I know that's involves bringing the crafting system and a lot of other big components online. And we still have to get through alpha one before they can even look at that, you know, step let's, let's walk before we run kind of thing here. But yeah, Yeah. I want to get in there. I want to play. I want to create content. I want to do record some stuff. I want to goof around. I want to break the game. I want to find things that aren't meant to be found or are very hard to find whether it's intended to or not. Dude, you know, you know, it's something I've been doing lately. So I've got my Simorg HQ website that's in development right now. It's basically, it's got all of my stuff, all of my content. I say my specifically because that's where my Elder Scrolls, Asha stuff, all the looking for more podcasts, all that stuff goes. And I've been putting it together. And one of the things I want to do is I want to have these cool headers and have like animated sort of loopable uh, scenes, right? And like, I want to do that for the ashes stuff too but i can't because i can't be in game yet to just go pick a really pretty area do a cool look over my character's shoulder at this beautiful horizon or this beautiful landscape and then go in there and just clip it or you know go to a tavern sit down like have a cool little video of like me hanging out with my homies right sitting there and and like doing a really cool little video clip and being able to take that and put it on there and being able to do stuff like that for the hq too and like having people people curate i'm just i just want to i look forward to like going and just you know capturing those those little clips my lady she loves the she's a screenshot queen man she runs around and she screenshots all the time i don't know how many times i'll just catch her in a dungeon we're running around and she stops back there somewhere and i'm like she's screenshotting you like i know it like i know immediately that's what she's doing right sometimes she gets herself killed or sometimes i'm like trying to run back there people are like going uh and she's not there, you know, but she's taking screenshots because she loves the pretty landscape environment, et cetera. I do too. I take screenshots and take little video clips. I was doing it on ESO last night. And um, that's one of my favorite things to do in an MMORPG is go find a really awesome landscape and just enjoy myself there. Because what you get in a high fantasy world doesn't happen in our world. I don't care if you go to the prettiest place on the planet. It's not going to have a floating island in the sky with water coming down off of it. You know what I'm saying? At least not on Earth. Just saying. True. You know? The majestic you know, atmosphere. Yeah. Anyway, I, I 
sidebar moment right there. You know, I, I do. Um, I look forward to those moments, man. But I saw some things on the forums recently about player names, right? Player names, naming your player. Like how many, you know, some games allow you to have like, you know, only get the capitalization on your name in the beginning and it has to be all together. You can't have spaces. You can't have special characters. None of that. And some games are like, you can give yourself spaces, capital letters on the beginning of all these words, right? And I could have Dweedle McDweedlestick with spaces. I could have Get Space Dusted. That's a character, by the way, Daedalus. That's one of my characters in the Elder Scrolls Online. His name's Get Dusted. With nice. a space in between both words, by the way. And I do. I enjoy. Sometimes, you know, the beautiful thing is in that game, too, if you crit somebody with a fireball or something, they go burst into ash too but not like players sadly i wish that would be great they just fall over and die players and ashes get to burst into flames and die and in, in, into a pile of ash you can sift through and loot again how fantastic is that and um hey can we give a big shout out to uh tl for the resub uh and the bits and gruntech for five gifted tier one subs really appreciate that buddy thanks so much um anyway but player name systems, you guys have do's and don'ts on this? Like, what would you want to see in terms of being able to name your character? What kind of, like, flexibility in that? Mm, I mean, as much as I, like, I do it in WoW as well. I mean, I don't go crazy with it. Um, but I wouldn't like special characters to be a thing, um, you know, for naming your character. Like, you know, I, I know a lot of people do that now. I wouldn't like to kind of have a mixture of like uppercase and lowercase. I mean, it just, I don't know. It just looks tacky. I'll be honest with mm. you. Um, that would be my, um, that would be my, my, I would say major don'ts is not, don't do that. I mean, I would love to be able to pick like, you know, a first and last name. I would love to be able to do, you know, those kind of, I would say simpler things. Um, you know, but I wouldn't want to do, you know, exactly, you know, what I've seen just go horribly wrong in the past mm. in games, special characters and mixtures of alpha and even numeric characters, too. I wouldn't want to see that, too. I wouldn't mm. want to see, like, you know, Paladin 77 running around. <laughs> I just wouldn't. New wouldn't. Lord 69. Paladin no dweedle. <laughs> Yeah, Pally, Dweedle Mick, uh, Pally Pants, I don't know. <laughs> Man, dude, you know, I got to share this with you real quick here in a half tilt. I want to know your thoughts, but check this out. I killed somebody in a battleground ESO yesterday, and this was their name. I, I exaggerate, but it was quite literally a cluster of just letters that didn't have any meaning. Yeah, and it was would just spam the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my cat walk across my character. Yeah, that would drive me nuts. <laughs> Yeah, that was like, I, I saw that name and I was like, no way, dude. That's number one, that's super long. Number two, there's, it's just, yeah, a random typing on their keyboard and like, excuse it, what? Yeah, I feel like that's a tough one to manage, just like mashing the keyboard. Um, You know, I, I agree. I, I, I don't like special characters. I don't think they're necessary in a, in a name. Um, Same with uh, numbers. They don't. 
they, they don't really add anything. If anything, they might break away from immersion. Yeah. Um, special characters like accented characters and stuff like that, I think are fine. Yeah. You know, we got people from around the world, different languages that actually properly use those characters rather than those of us are just like, Hey, you stole my name. I'm going to change the eye to look Ben that way. And now I can use my name <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, like guilty this. by the way, very, very guilty of doing that. But, um, you know, outside of that, obviously, if it's something that violates terms of service, that'll be reportable. And if it's not caught uh, inherently by the system, um, you know, I mean, as much as I don't like to see uh, the gobbledygook, like what you, you shared from your ESO experience there. Yeah. At the same time, who am I to say that they can't have that? True. It's not offensive. It doesn't take away from anything. If that's really what they want to have, all the power to them. I ain't typing your name for an invite to jack shit, though, so <laughs> get out. Yeah, I know. Unless they invite. have a right Yeah. Uh, Going ahead and send, it, send an invite to A-F-J-K-L-S-T-U-F-B-F-P-F-V. What? No. 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 Nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've been invited to guilds based like based on my name alone as principal. That is somebody that I wouldn't invite to anybody yeah. anywhere just based on their name as yeah. principal. Like I'm not no, dude. So and here you know you know what uh what's really funny is uh back during the APOC days, I had some homies in, in the community, we'd all run together and I'd be like, you know, I'd go buy some morgue and then they'd be like, not some morgue, not some morgue, not some morgue. I'm like, oh my god, dude. As long as it's not offensive. I don't man, I don't care. I actually don't. I prefer like single, like word names. Actually, is my preference. Um, I'm pretty cool with like the you know accent characters or special characters to like make it work for you and everything. I just yeah, I don't really care a whole lot for a lot of spaces and you know like you know the bow that struck your knee or something is not gonna be. I'm not wanna. I don't wanna be like hey there, the bow that struck your knee or the arrow that struck your knee or the dweedle that what? Don't I'm not. No, I just don't want to, man. But, you know, at the same time, I think the most important part for me is as long as it's just like, you know, offensive, like directly and offensive and like something really like hateful or something like, oh, man, I don't care. People are going to take make names that are a little ridiculous, you know, be like George Clinton or something. And it's like it does it's not even offensive, but like, you know, they might be like like a politician's name or something and they'll do it. It's just like. You got killed by George Clinton or something. You know, it's like, um, you know, it doesn't matter, man. Yeah, I know Bill Clinton, but still, I'm just saying George Clinton because why not? But anyway, so when we think about stepping into Vera and empires being built, the wars that are going to be fought, the names of the players and the people, the names of the players and the people that, you know, help carve this world out. Because look, one of the best things, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful parts of when an MMORPG and a server launches, it's it's like the culture that gets crafted between the players. Something that's going to be unique from one server to the next. You know, there's going to be like memes that are only going to make sense on one server. Uh, there's going to be like catchphrases and moments. You know, there's going to be like events that happen that are going to maybe become more well-known in the greater ashes of creation community, but then, you know, the server is going to really hold, you know, they're going to really hold that because it's going to be on their server. 
I mean, I remember back on Illidan, there was like, and this is kind of messed up, but it's also like, wow, that happened. If anybody remembers this, um, I can't remember if it was Horde or Alliance anymore, but I think it was Horde were having a funeral for an actual person in their community that had passed and they were RPing it and they went to like a place out in the world and they were having like a ceremony to like pay their respects to their friend who passed in real life. And then a whole raid of, of the other faction came and just killed them, <laughs> killed them all in the middle of their ceremony. And you know, that happened on Illidan. That's something that is, that's an Illidan story now. Like it, it's a wow story, but it's an Illidan story. Um, then there was anybody remember the guy who charges in to that raid? Leroy yeah. And if, if you were on that server or you were part of that guild, it's like your story, right? It's the person's, but it's the community. Like they, that's like that happened with us. That was ours. So you're going to have hey, those moments. At least he had chicken. <laughs> he had chicken. That's true, I guess. But where, where do you imagine how the servers are going to unfold? Like the players and the challenges they're going to face? Like the, the ones that the developers are going to face too. What, what do you see? What do you envision right now? I've got one specifically that it's like I envision or have concerns around, but I'll let you guys jump on that one. I, I, I think the... The, the most epic one that I can think of right now will be on a world first attempt when a guild is in trying to kill a boss, a world boss or something for a world first attempt. Another guild rolls up, wipes them, picks up the boss at like 70% health and finishes off before the other group can get back and do anything about it and steal the world first title. To me, something along those lines, that's going to set a tone on that server for a long time time yeah. you want to talk factions now you've got a pseudo faction right. <laughs> yeah 100 i don't oh, know man. i i would say kind of along those lines maybe not necessarily like a pvp situation but i think what would be really cool to be able to see is just in general how the different servers will develop and what could get discovered um, and how um, the world doesn't remain static or stagnant, right? That there's other things that come into play so that there isn't, um, how should I say? Not, I don't want to say stability, but um, that it does always consistently keep things interesting. I mean, that would be something that I, I would say from an, an imagination standpoint, I would love to see that type of thing that there's never always going to be a king of the hill. There's never always going to be a top guild. That's always doing X, Y, and Z. I want some way to reset the balance, whether that's in game, like in some sort of mechanics or, um, you know, some sort of event or something. Um, and I would like also to be able to see, um, some events that aren't necessarily, um, I don't know, not combat necessarily combat related, but where GMs can be present and maybe like pull together an event for, and maybe it's planned, maybe like behind the scenes or something, but something where there's like an actual developer run event that just happens and it isn't just like, you know, 
the normal, hey, it's, you know, it's winter veil season or it's, you know, Hallow's Eve season or whatever it is. It's just something that randomly occurs at certain hey, let's just surprise the players and do something, right? That would be something that I would love to see. I don't know how feasible that will be. Um, I know, you know, developers have done things like that in, like, alphas and betas, but it would really be cool to see something like that live as well. I'm taking down some comments I'm catching from chat, too, of, like, concerns about the game. I mean, like, I'm even seeing one that's, like, it's kind of rough, and look, people have their own perspectives and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna white knight anything in this regard because you can't tell the future i don't have a crystal ball and i would never make this assumption or believe in my in my mind that this would happen but in a year ashes after launch becoming pay to win that's something that some people have concern around I me mean, in chat i've got one person that's talking about that i mean that's a concern i don't i just don't see that happening man you can't i don't see it specifically for the reason that the dead game will die. It would, it would die. This game is built around pay to win as the enemy. I mean, fundamentally, like the vast majority of people that are focused on this game, aside from the fact that it's pretty and all that, is like the no pay to win. This has been one of the staple pieces for ages. And then you're like, yeah, but there's other games that have done it. Yeah, but not like this. Not like this one. I haven't seen a game that's pushed it so hard that's pushed it this hard for this long with no deviation from it. I just, I wouldn't see it now. What I could potentially see, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying that I think this is going to happen and I'm not saying that I believe this is going to happen. I'm just looking at what are the, what are, what's the most likely chance that if for some reason the game wasn't thriving again, I don't believe this. I'm just thinking hypotheticals here, like playing the advocate. In the in the reality where for some reason the game wasn't making money, I see the I see the cash shop having more things, even if they're not pay to win, than anything else. That's what I see is the cash shop having more things to buy that people would that people would be really appealed to purchase. And there's games that do that right now that thrive. I mean, the Elder Scrolls Online is one of them. Cash shop drives me nuts. But it gets me sometimes because sometimes I'm like, I really want that and I want my character to have it. I don't do that very often, but every now and again, I see something and I'm like, yeah, I really want that. And I can't get that in game. Got me. I, I, I think it's a valid concern. Yeah. Given the state of where games are not just MMOs, but where a lot of games are these days is there is loot box or pay to win elements in so many games now. So I understand where the concern mm-hmm. is, for is sure. that, okay, this, this looks like that shining hope. Please don't spoil this for me. And, and having said that, you know, I, I share those concerns as well because I, I, I don't want to be turned away from the game for that reason, but I really, I, I don't, I'm not worried about it. If if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have the concern, and I, I, it would probably be okay if it goes pay to win. I'm probably, well, if, if I'm creating a lot of content around it, I might be forced to stick around, you know, for career choices. But I would want to leave. I would be really disengaged. So I'm worried. I I, I fear fear that I'll always in the back of your head. But I don't I don't have the concern. Or, or sorry, I'm not worried about it. I don't think it's going to happen here. Yeah. 
Mm. I, I really don't. Nah. It's we we talked about this on my one of my streams a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know it, it's one of those things where if the developer, if Intrepid did this, they would be shooting themselves in the foot, not only with Ashes of Creation, but with any future things too. Nobody would take them seriously anymore after that. It'd be oh. like, well, you promised this, but I can't. We we you went back yeah. on your word already once. Like you yeah. shot yourself in the foot. You're done. Yep. I Activision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, I just, yeah, I, I no, in no, in no reality. Do I even, can I hypothetically like see that as being a reality? It just doesn't work. It logically just doesn't work out. Even, even if I'm just basing it off of the evidence that I have from the past, it just still doesn't work out. Even if I go along with things I'm not, I didn't approve of, or I wouldn't cool with still doesn't work out. It just doesn't logically for me. Here, here we go. <clears throat> so I saw some stuff on the forums around AOE in combat being a meta and, and being what is likely going to determine who wins large scale battles. What do you all think about that? And then more importantly, the second part, which is going to be what to you is going to make a large scale battle really meaningful, like really feel like a large scale battle. I mean, for me, like I, my answer to the meta piece is, you know, going to be a point counterpoint type of strategy and it's going to be tactics at the end of the day, right? Okay. You know, there's certain classes that have AOE capabilities don't like bunch up in a big group and get wrecked. I mean, or, you know, have some other characters that might be stealthy or something that knows this clothy does AOE and go get it. I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to, there's always going to be a situation where one build or one makeup is more powerful than others. Right. And there and some of it has to do with skill, but also some of it has to do with the, the base value of the skill that you're using, et cetera. Right. And you just have to be able to roll with that. So for me, um, I think making it meaningful is just giving teams space to be able to do what they need to do. Right. And that means like large open areas. Right. There, that means, um, you know, giving, uh, you know, players abilities to i don't know counteract things that are super powerful with something that might be equally powerful right and that's that's this game balance to me so i think that that was what i would say would make things like interesting for me is being able to have those options um as far as large-scale battles being meaningful i mean i think that we've already heard it i mean the siege weapons the mass summons i mean these are things that have already excited the community on you know how to really make large battles engaging and the team is also working on the things that aren't maybe as sexy and we don't necessarily talk about well outside of this podcast i guess is the stability of the server as well and supporting a bunch of players in a really controlled area um that's to me what would you know make things fun and interesting is not having to deal with technical issues, but also having different things I can do. I can, you know, run with my buddies or I can, you know, sneak in and, you know, do something to sabotage or I can build a siege weapon. I mean, those are just all like really cool things that 
I think, you know, will make the game interesting, especially in this large-scale battle piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I like that. Um, I, 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 I think... So AoE as a meta, you know, we, I'm seeing that in a lot of games. It's coming out more and more as an efficient way of taking out groups of things, whether you're grinding levels or farming for gold or just taking advantage of people that have grouped up. But there's two elements to that. In a large-scale battle, I want tactics to be the thing that make it meaningful and enjoyable. I want those expert battle tactics. It's like, hey, we're going to push really hard from the front of this castle, bring in some siege weapons, but we have actually got a flank of people ready to come over the wall on the east side and uh, break into the castle and try to push for the relic behind the scenes kind of thing or take out some of the, the healers to push the graveyards back, um, whatever that aspect is. So having AoE, if you're dying a lot to it, maybe you need to adjust your tactic and spread out a little bit more. That being said, if you've got 250 mages that are all casting like a big area of effect blizzard across the, the battlefield, you're going to see a lot of people dying really quick, most likely, and be really CC'd. So there probably needs to be a little bit of diminishing returns in that aspect. Um, at the same time, you know, we're going to see a lot of extra augments that come active during node sieges and castle sieges, mayor um, and other node related um, augments are going to become active special abilities and powers that might kind of tone down the damage and effect of some of those AOEs. So I agree. There needs to be that point counterpoint where if you're going to have a ton of AOEs, you know, maybe there's some things that can tone them down from, from a defensive standpoint. So we will have to kind of see where that balance comes from. But I want tactics to be something that's very, very meaningful. I want to be able to infiltrate. Maybe you get somebody who's snuck in there and stealthed in ahead of time into the into the node, and, and now they can, as soon as the siege starts, boom, something exciting happens, and they've turned the tide of battle immediately, and the enemy's just like, whoa, what just happened? How do we react to that? And if they're not, they don't have at least a large coordinated group, they're probably going to lose just because of not having a, a proper fight or flight response. So some, some things along those lines, I've got some other theories about it, but yeah, I, I would like to see a lot more of, of the tactics on that side. So here, here's my thoughts on that. It's like, I don't, I would be very disappointed if it was just as simple as, gathering a bunch of people and running around and Zerg bombing people with a ton of AOE because that isn't interesting to me personally. Uh, I find it boring and I think it's just another one of the same. Um, and I, and I don't see that happening is like, I, I mean, they've made too many, you know, too many comments around they're wanting to be, you know, combat that lasts. That's like a real battle, something you've actually got to strive for to, to actually win. So I think tactics for me is the big thing. Um, and I think that ways that they could do that is having, I think if you have multiple points of, you know, multiple points to like to contest, right. And, and this is in my mind, like how, what would make it really interesting? I guess maybe it's not so much a like, what do I see or what don't I see, but what I think would be beautiful to see 
would be multiple points that have to be achieved in order to actually capture or to win the objectives. And that meaning that you, you, you simply can't just take a big Zerg and go run through and go from one to the other. Cause maybe they're spread out over a significant distance. Maybe there's some mechanic in place that once it's captured, if it's not held, then, you know, you lose it again or something like that. I mean, there's a lot of different mechanics they can implement that aren't new or revolutionary by any means, but, you know, to make a fight innovative, you know, if you really access the tools that we have out there that have been used in a lot of different games and you utilize these in different places and on the battlefield and you, you make that a, the point or the focal point for different types of combat, then, you know, tactics are super important. And I think that one thing that I, if I was to make an educated guess over what I would expect that would, why we wouldn't see AOE as something that's going to be as prevalent in success. The reason I would say I would not see that is because when we see that the way that they're designing their dungeons and their boss fights, I mean, what's the priority? It's not over like add-ons and your damage meters. It's over the mechanics. It's over, you know, how to, how does, how's this mechanic going to play out? Like, what do I need to be aware of in regard to like situational awareness? Is there a cleave coming and there's no indicator for it? I've got to watch the boss. You know, is there some indicator of like a big massive AOE that's going to be placed by the boss? Um, things like that. I think these types of elements of situational awareness, if that can translate into large scale combat between players or groups of players, that would be key. Like for me, that would make it a good time. And I, I do feel like when I reference something that I played in recent years, I think Elder Scrolls Online is like seven years old now, which is crazy to think of that. But back when that game was in betas and early in launch, when you went into Cyrodiil and you did Castle Siege, now there's a lot of Dark Age of Camelot that's been, that they, they pulled a lot of inspiration from, right? Even people that worked on that helped with that. But when you think of like those types of like fights where you've got to go and you got to take down the gate and then you've got to push through the gate and there's forces on the walls, there's forces like at the gate on the inside, the inner keep, the outer wall, the inner wall, like all these different like layers back in the day, like when it first launched, it took you a little bit to get that door down. You, you would have to siege it. You'd have to have your battering rams. You'd have to have people on it. You'd have to have healers there to heal your people, to provide barriers, all these different things to help keep people alive so they could push through the front door. Or maybe you would be attacking uh, the, the postern wall or something like that, right? And you'd be trying to get through a wall on the side closer to that inner keep. Right. So you can you can get to it faster and not have to travel as far, have as much to like fight your way through. And now, at least in the more recent years I've played, you can just melt through it. And before it even shows up that it's being attacked on the map so you can get to it, you could they could already blow that door down, get to the get through the first the outer door, the inner door, and they're already capturing flag flags on the inside to flip that keep and you get there and they flipped it and they're repairing the damn walls already and you're going oh no dude at launch it wasn't like that you had to be like much more strategic about your approach yet you, you had to look at like are they sieging from the inside out towards us are they attacking from the walls you know so for me that was a great time but it they deviated away, or at least the game's progression caused a deviation away from that in my opinion 
But that was a great example of like how a good fight could go down. And I think I'd be really happy of seeing that play out similarly, not the same, just similarly in ashes. And of course you're talking open world with ashes. You're not talking like instance, massive PVP zone. Right. So a lot of extra elements and you can't forget like the big, big freaking summoned siege beasts and stuff that are gargantuan and like all kinds of crazy fun stuff. But anyway, I kind of ranted on that one. Yeah. That's my thoughts. It'll be nice being having those server announcements for that reason ahead of time when a, a siege is starting to give players a chance to get to their their war station and get prepared. So I'm I'm I, I'm mixed on how I feel about server announcements for some things, but I think for sieges I'm I'm looking forward to it. It should be a positive thing. Yeah, definitely. I I agree. I mean, I I think you know you should they should be judicious about the server announcements. But I you know if we have like uh you know a node getting sieged or something kind of within you know where you're a citizen, I think it would be I think it would be almost like a need to be able to see that because otherwise you're not going to get that you're not going to have that catalyst for conflict, uh, meaningful conflict at least. Right. Say, hey, I would go defend my node. <laughs> Cheryl, that was a good. I love that one. Gondor, <laughs> very beacons are lit. <laughs> so I wanted to. I had a, another thought on yeah. the AOE subject too. Um, just in terms of damage distribution over an AOE, let's say your AOE was going to do a thousand damage over ten seconds. It's channeled, so hundred hundred DPS roughly. I would want to cap that at like ten targets. And if there was anything beyond 10 targets, it's not random who it hits, but it actually starts to spread the da- that same damage out over more targets, mm-hmm. thus reducing the amount of damage each person is taking. So it, it would, you know, if, if you're now casting an AOE on 100 different people, now you're doing like one damage to them. And there might be certain CC type effects, such as slows and stuns and freezes and things like that, that are still relevant from that. And if you've got enough people casting AoEs on the same spot, maybe there's a meaningful amount of damage there, but you're also going to have enough healing to, to counteract that, hopefully. And it might balance it out a little bit where it's not just, okay, three peop- three wizards just laid down their best AoE abilities and cleared a big circle out of the battlefield like a meteor just fell from the sky. No, now it's it, there's a little bit more engaging battle um, to happen there now. So I just realized we've been going an hour already. It's crazy how fast these go sometimes. I know that just blows my mind. It's okay. We got some topics I want to definitely cover next time too. Um, and we'll have some time to do that. But uh, where do you think... Oh, can hold on. I'm going to put a pause. I just remembered something, man. Can we talk about this? Or this might be a sidebar. We might pick up where we left off next week or something. But I, I've got to... Hold on a damn minute. And Ashes discussion in our discord armored cell said so i got confirmation from margaret that aoc dev team will have their own guild in ashes can we talk about this for a minute what well we've already seen how steven plays so (laughs) you better be picking a different server sim that's all i gotta say ouch (laughs) unbelievable I mean, I'm assuming it's, I mean, at the end of the day, right, every developer plays their game, right? They may not be announced, 
right? But they're playing their game. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, it's the reality is if they're going out there and they're um, doing like the GM hacks type deal, right? It's, I mean, they'll do that on test. They don't know. They're not going to do it on live. I mean, we know this. I, I don't think it's an issue, but the fact that they have a game, but Basil said in chat, it's at some org. How do you expect him to whoop that ass? GM powers. <laughs> Rabuda says GM powers, devs equal ancients. I think we need to get Mick Mac Muck on here. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard yeah. of some word? <laughs> oh my God. I agree with Cheryl. I think it's a good thing that it's important for them to be boots on the ground in there with everyone else playing the game. And I mean, ultimately, it's a passion project um, for them too, right? They want to get in there and see how everyone else is experiencing their creation and just absorb and and thrive in that uh, positivity that seeing the world go whether it's p- players being toxic towards each other or some high level helping a lobby out with a bunch of gear and whatnot you know like all of it it's it's your world coming to life and and that's got to feel really really good you know they're not going to be running around and they're hacking away and stealing all the world firsts and all that that's not what they're about they're just in there to enjoy it and play with everyone else yeah and i would be more worried if they didn't play the game and they didn't have their yes. own game. then i would be like what is it not fun right i mean how are they going to test things out how i mean on live servers right you're going to test things in a dev environment for sure but being able to exp- like exactly like half tilt said being able to experience it with players trying to get that live feedback i mean that to me is is the mark of a good developer right you know you you can't just expect to get all that feedback you know secondhand from people on a forum yeah right you want to be able to test that out yourself and again test it in a live environment because there's going to be variables in that live environment you're never going to see in a test environment so yeah i don't have a problem i'm actually glad to hear they're going to have a guild in game and they're going to be playing that being said i hope that they don't tell people who they are and they fly under the radar because i would not want my gameplay experience just to be sitting there being spammed with tells or and then if you turn them off and ignore them then being accused of not listening to your community and having all that just fly under the radar and absolutely enjoy the game absolutely yeah. It would scare me as well if they didn't play. It's like, you don't stand by your product? Like, I, I didn't see Henry Ford driving down the street in a Dodge, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a little weird. Granted, he probably did, but, you know, he would now. <laughs> oh, man. So where do you draw the line on player agency, guys? Where do you draw the line on player agency where there's too much? Is too much a bad thing? Obviously. Too much of anything's a bad thing, right? But what's the good balance of player agency when it comes to the to the players being able to have a choice in how much impact they have on the world? Like, can you perceive of any circumstances where some of the player agency that's currently being allowed in the game, which is a big part of this one of the pillars, player agency. But can you see any current framework where what's allowed for players? The aside, I'm gonna say aside from corruption. Can we just leave that alone? I don't even want to touch that one. Aside from corrupt, leave corruption out of this. 
can you see any framework where player agency could be a bad thing as it currently stands as what we know so far? I'll say this. I would say where player agency would go awry is mm -hmm. when there isn't consequence to action, right? So I know you said leave corruption out of it, but that to me is a great example, right? You're going to have people that are going to do bad things. They're going to make bad choices, right? And there's reward for that, right? They might be able to get resources off of players that they might be able to, you know, do that type of thing, but there's also risk with it. There's yeah. also being corrupted, et cetera. So in my opinion, there isn't necessarily like, you know, a volume of like player agency that I wouldn't be supportive of. I would just be against anything that doesn't necessarily have a consequence or an outcome to balance out the choice that you're making. Um, and one of the other things that I would say too, especially kind of similar to what we've talked about earlier in the podcast is yeah. I would love to see ways ways to equalize across the board in in terms of you know you have a guild for example that's a zerg guild right yeah. and they're really powerful they're taking over certain things and they're really just have that capability to do that at some point that you know i guess that monopoly is going to get uninteresting to players they're going to be like mm, i'm going to move to a different server i'm going to stop playing so i would want some sort of world event to help reset the balance so that there is at least some dynamic things happening on a server so it isn't stagnating by having like a certain situation right and that could be events that could be a new monster that spawns or something where it takes those bigger guilds down a notch or or forces them to change tactics so that there is some sort of give and take between all different types of players. Yeah, I think um I think the things I've thought about is like that I think of in terms of balance outside of the corruption system is uh like mayors, keep owners, were things that will tech like corruption corruption as part of the game dynamic like mechanic isn't something that would really apply to them but this is like definitely like you know a corrupt sort of like really toxic like player like i don't think that there's like any issue with people making bad decisions and stuff but i kind of wonder if because i think of like the servers right and like the servers like health overall i kind of do wonder sometimes if like you get someone who's like we're gonna just be dictators and we're going to like do these types of like actions to the player base and the community, like maybe tax them a lot. Again, I can't like really like make too many guesses or have too many educated guesses, guesses here, but I kind of wonder if they might end up having to reel back some of these things down the line. Maybe I'm not saying they will, but there might be some elements that are allowed. And this is kind of a full circle part of this conversation. I think there are some things that could be allowed initially, when it comes to like mayors, uh, castle, like leaders that they might have some level of agency, like choices that they can make as leaders that could end up becoming really problematic for the greater like population, the greater whole of the, the server, the communities. 
And then because of that, as a result of that, like they might have to reel some things back. I'm not saying this is going to happen, right? But I do think that some of those elements specifically are things that are, are knobs. I think that they maybe can turn that they might have to keep a watchful eye on. Um, because while it, I think it's totally a good thing that people can have that kind of choice. I think in some situations too much of one thing could then potentially be problematic. Um, and this is kind of that scenario of you're not going to really know, like half tilt talked about earlier until you get a real snapshot of a true player base on a server, you're not going to actually know what's possible. So I think some elements of player agency similar to that could get tuned down, down the road just as a result of that. And I've seen this happen in other games too. Um, things that, that were there that they were like, Hey, this is part of our core game, something that's going to be there at launch. Well, maybe a launch that gets like over time, they have to like refine that and like, you know, turn the knob down and make some adjustments and then people may not like it, but it might be something that's important, I think. And I think in regard to what they choose to allow, uh, for even like order halls, like in what, what the perks are for becoming the top of your religious order, maybe in the game, like maybe they give you some crazy OP ability and somebody's using it in an exploited way. You never know. Um, so some things might have to change, but you know, I don't know. I, I kind of look at some of those things too. And I saw some people talking about some things on player agency on the forums and some discussions on Twitter and um, I think even on Reddit not too long ago too. And I kind of recognized that, that was something worth at least bringing up. But if most importantly, I'd like to know what the people listening and watching this really think. You know, what are some elements of player agency? Um, elements related to uh, massive combat, like large scale combat, these large fights, things you'd like to see, things you wouldn't like to see. Um, and I ask these questions not because they should dictate the way the game goes, or that they're really, you know, that we, the people are right. You know what I mean? We're not game. I'm not a game developer. I can't say what's going to work or what isn't. Um, but it is important to, I think, cultivate what the community thinks and what, where their minds are at overall, because they, as developers are receptive and do take that into consideration as they work on the game. And we've seen that happen a lot already. Um, so I think today when we talk about building an empire, my two senses, I'd like to really gain as many people's voices over the next several weeks as we're leading up into this, you know, what we get the month of what April into May for the next goalpost for the uh, alpha one. It's a good time to talk about some of these things, things we'd like to maybe see in the future for ashes and where we kind of stand on some things. Uh, but with that being said, we've got some points to talk about and we will talk about them and pick up on them in the near future like episode 121. With that being said, any final thoughts, anything you guys can think about, you want to maybe touch on before we kind of wind this one down? No, I think I'm good. Good, good podcast again today, guys. Uh, that was a good one. I, I think one of the biggest things that people need to keep in mind as we talk about a lot of these things is we're, we're sharing ideas. We're kind of yep. having our own roundtables similar to what the devs do about these types of systems. So that feedback, that over, just the process of the discussion itself, you never know what point during the discussion they're going to pick up yeah. uh, a tidbit of information or something. So having the discussions, sharing your thoughts and ideas, whether it's on here, in the comments, in the Discord, on the forums, anywhere that is on Asher Socials, mm -hmm is very, very important. Share your thoughts, whatever they are. If it's like, hey, I would really like to see, 
the mayor have control over guard shift schedules, or I want to see a thirty percent variation in stat control on armor crafting. Whatever your thoughts might be, um, so I just picked those out of the, out of nowhere. <laughs> but <laughs> um, you know, it, it's the process. So share the share the ideas, you guys. Share your thoughts and let the devs just kind of run with it and that's kind of the goal that's why they have the community discussions that they do that's why they've are having an open development like they are right now because as a group as a whole we will make this game yep. the best yep that's the heart of what we do on the show too man just like tilt's talking about man and they listen they do read it i mean you know how many times i've seen steven sitting there just looking down during a live stream or something just staring at the comments or he goes to the forums and like responds to things i mean he's like I mean, he's been noted as probably watching that stuff too much sometimes. So he definitely pays close attention to the community and the overall feedback and everything. With that being said, man, this was a great show, man. I really enjoyed these conversations. I actually really enjoy the ones where we kind of just hit on a bunch of different things and kind of see where we go with it. Um, Cause that's where some of the best, I think some of the best conversations come from. Um, so yeah, gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. Uh, why don't you shout out your domains, where you reign, where people can find you when you're not on this show, and we'll start with Daedalus. You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And Tilt. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at half underscore Tilt or on Twitch and YouTube at Half Tilt Gamer. Friends, we might be rounded down to this show's end. Episode 120, man, has come to a close. And you know what I'm realizing it's about time for? And I know my editors in chat. The next Ashes Pathfinder Chronicle should be coming soon. Da, 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 da. That's right. It's about that time quarterly, friends. We released in early January, which means we've got a, probably the next couple weeks, I think, is going to be our goalpost to try to get the next one done. Um, so we're going to be hard at work working on that real soon. And it's on the content pipeline. I'm actually really looking forward to this one. It's taken a really, <clears throat> I hear the word editor and my PTSD kicks in at East Chat. <laughs> Might have to have East on the show here sometime in the near future, man, just so we can enjoy his like, feedback of what we do going on behind the scenes. We put a lot of work into these things, man. So, but uh, everybody, remember, whether you're listening to this, catching it live, catching it on YouTube, I always encourage people to catch it live. But whether you catch it on YouTube or you're catching it at any of the other places, man, remember, you two are a Pathfinder. If you participate in the conversations around this community, man, whether live or not, you, you contribute to the conversations. You are a Pathfinder. We're always stoked to have you on board. Thanks for spending your time here with us on the show as always. And uh, much love to you all, to Intrepid Studios. And until next time, friends, you live your best lives. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next week. Walk in the light. Have a great one, friends. Take care, everyone. Take care, everybody.